Welcome to your go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wait For It Podcast. I am your co-host, Phil Smith, aka Phil the Filipino. And joining us, as always, is your other co-host, Mr. Eric Almighty. And Eric, we are just moving along with the, <laughs> the holiday content here at the Wait For It Podcast. And we are back to our series, late to the party after a very, very eventful episode of up high down low this past monday if you guys have not had enough after listening to this episode if you haven't had enough of us talking about christmas movies then make sure you go check out monday's episode because it did get a little animated and i think you guys will really enjoy that one but eric that's not what we're talking about here today we are talking about a film in which we were simply uh, late to the party i guess one would say as the titles of these episodes are called and uh, this is the episode or this is the movie i should say that won the poll that we put up at the end of November. And honestly, I was pretty happy uh, that this is the film that won because I have been wanting to watch this for a very, very long time. And lo and behold, Eric, we got the perfect opportunity to do so here this month. This was the one you wanted, especially after once our poll was decided. Uh, you did not want you did not want to do Die Hard, which may or may not be a Christmas movie, for example. Uh, so I, I don't blame you. I'm also in that boat. I wanted to watch Claws. I heard so many good things about it. Obviously, it's an award-winning and a nominated movie um, that didn't quite take the big title, uh, you know, the Oscar. Uh, but again, something I've heard just endless praise about. Some people even say it's their favorite Christmas movie, which we did an episode this past Monday, ranking our movies. I am curious, Phil, if this is going to sneak in there for either of us. I don't know if you enjoyed it. I don't know if you hated it. But I know that after the last two episodes of Late to the Party, we got to have a win here, right? We got to have a win. Wait, what was last month's Late to the Party? <laughs> I forgot. Oh, yeah, Kira. <laughs> That's, that should show you. If you guys didn't listen to November's edition of late to the party that kind of gives you an idea of how I felt about it. And then, like you said, October, let's just not even discuss what happened in October. But I mean, the At series all. has definitely been a lot of fun as we uh, have been able to revisit or I'm sorry, visit these films for the very first time because they are so heavily acclaimed like Klaus. Eric, we also have been pronouncing it incorrectly now that we have seen the movie. Uh, Klaus is the name of the film and super excited to get into this you and i are going to the into this as we always do completely blind in terms of each other's thoughts so it'll be interesting to see how we both felt about it and uh, again to see if it maybe cracks either list uh, up high or down low for uh christmas movies i'll be interested to see how this goes but eric for any brand new listeners or for returning listeners that need just a little bit of a recap let them know what late to the party is all about and then let's start discussing this film so Late to the Party is one of our newest series here on the podcast, and me and Phil have consumed a lot of content over the years, but for some major franchises, they never ended up on our radar. So that's what inspired Late to the Party, and for this episode, 
we are going to talk about Klaus, 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 call it whatever you want, <laughs> Klaus, <laughs> and we're going to talk about this film that, again, people consider to be uh, either their favorite movie or one of the best films that had come out uh, that year, and again, had uh, in 2019, had an Oscar run, uh, and they lost a Toy Story 4, apparently, which I'm now finding out, but... Uh, again, everything pretty much lost a Toy Story for that year. So yeah. uh, I will say between this and Arcane, I mean, Netflix, for as much grief as we give them, does a really good job. So that's the episode, guys. That's what we're going to do. We're going to just react to it. So if you haven't seen the film, you definitely may want to drop this and come back. We're going to speak pretty freely. And Phil, I think you want to talk a little bit about the ending at some point. So again, there's your warning. That is the episode. That's right, folks. So let's get into this here. So Klaus is an animated film that is available on Netflix. It came out in 2019, and it was directed by Sergio Pablos. And a synopsis here, a simple act of kindness always sparks another, even in a frozen, faraway place. When Smearsberg's new postman, Jesper, befriends toy maker Klaus, their gifts melt an age-old feud and deliver a sleigh full of holiday traditions. Now, Eric, uh, I do want to start here because you just mentioned Arcane, and the thing that I love the most about this film is it is gorgeous. I did a film for Netflix and Phil recently called Wolf Walkers that's available on Apple TV, and I was able to find a very similar video that I watched for Wolf Walkers. I also found one on Klaus. I think it's called uh, like the Animated Insider. I found that on YouTube, and it talks about how they made this film, and it's all hand-drawn. It is a beautiful 2D rendered in like 3D environments. It's a big combination of a lot of different things. And I think one thing that's incredibly important when it comes to holiday movies and Christmas movies specifically is the overall vibe and feel of the world. Does it feel lived in? Does it look realistic? And even though these are animated characters, the lighting at play here is gorgeous. The animation is incredible. And Eric, I don't know if you got a chance to watch that video, but just seeing them Seeing it come to life and the amount of work that was put into this movie really just kind of elevates how special it is, at least in my opinion. No, I mean, the animation is top notch. I mean, that's really what we came here and we were interested in. I don't know about you, Phil, but that's what I was interested in when I first saw the trailer. I was like, this this animation looks very special. You know, it's definitely I'm trying to think if I could compare it to something, what it would be. Uh, it takes a lot of great elements from so many different types of animation. It makes it its own. It really felt um, special, really, is what, what it came down to. And and, and that was in the trailer, uh, but it, you definitely felt it throughout the movie, like you were experiencing something. To your point, like a world that had been lived in. I also love the story. Um, I think it's a very good you know origin story to Santa, who, I mean, God, how many movies have been done on Santa Claus for this to be as unique as it is. Somebody call us out if there is a movie that this ripped it ripped off of, but I would not have expected a very pompous, unlikable main character, you know, basically getting sent to a no name town that doesn't deliver mail. And that's the beginning of a Santa origin story. I don't know. I just wouldn't have seen that coming, Phil. I don't know how you felt about it, but the story for me, uh, I really enjoyed the spin on Santa Claus. It was incredibly fresh, which I think is what you're trying to say. Like you said, it starts off in, in 
no ways resembling a Christmas movie. And then as the story evolves and you get to know these characters, like you said, pretty much what seems like an unredeemable, selfish brat and turns him into such a lovable adult, right? He learns so many lessons along the way. And I think one thing, uh, I, I said this on Monday, where I feel like a lot of Christmas movies, you know, we, we kind of arrive at the same destination. And don't get me wrong, that destination in Klaus is very similar to other Christmas movies. But the ride is so much more enjoyable, like you said. Uh, you know, you mentioned that character, and that character is Jesper, who is voiced by Jason Schwartzman. And he actually, the reason I know him, and Eric, you'll remember this character as well from Parks and Recreation, is he was the movie um, the movie rental owner from Parks and Recreation. So when I saw that he was the main character in this, I found that really, really funny. But also, let's give a shout out to the remainder of the cast, uh, J.K. Simmons as Klaus. Rashida Jones, also from Parks and Recreation in the office uh, as Alva. Will Sasso as Mr. Ellingbo. Um, Norm MacDonald. And this is actually Norm MacDonald's last uh, film role while he was still uh, well, he was still alive, I, I believe. And Joan Cusack, who plays Mrs. Crumb. Oddly enough, Ms., uh, Joan Cusack was also in Toy Story 4. So she won no matter what. <laughs> she was double dipping, which I don't think is fair. But like you said, Eric... Um, Really, really excellent characters, and not only did Jason Schwartzman do a great job, but, I mean, J.K. Simmons just continues to prove his chops, not only with voice acting, but just acting in general. I know you don't enjoy uh, Invincible, but, I mean, just seeing him pop up in any project is, honestly, it, it's a treat. No, for sure. He definitely is is really good in this. All the voice actors are really good, and Sergio Pablos deserves a lot of credit, too, as the, the director listed it on this film. Co-director. Uh, along with Carlos Martinez Lopez. Both of them really, really good at what they do. Uh, it looks like this is uh, Sergio's first directorial debut. Prior to that, he had done a lot of character and animation design uh, movies, such as Hercules. He did uh, a little bit on a goofy movie, uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Like, There's a lot of big big movies that he was a part of and apparently i guess he wanted to do his own thing so he just like just went off and did his own thing and here's the results so good to that guy i don't know much about him i'm not going to pretend to know his life story but i don't know just from what the little bit i got to read preparing for this episode seems like uh you know he really took a risk out there and it paid off yeah and and just to kind of talk about some of those risks he took he did want to make a traditionally animated feature film but he wanted to see how the animation would uh, would have evolved uh, without the switch to computer-generated animation. So the studio used CGI lighting techniques with hand-drawn animation to create a unique animation style for this story. This movie was actually shopped around to various studios, and it was perceived as too risky uh, from April 2015 until Netflix acquired the rights in November 2017. Also, the, the movie, Eric, was only finished a week before it was set to debut on Netflix. So uh, right up until The Wire... People were working on this movie, and boy, did the the hard work absolutely pay off. And like you said, you know, everybody in terms of their voice actor role is just so good. Honest, I didn't know Norm Macdonald was in this, so when I heard the voice of Mogan's and I heard Norm Macdonald's voice, you know, come across, obviously we miss him very much. He just had a very special brand of humor, and it's 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 funny to see that come through in the um uh, on the screen. Uh, but I want to talk about you know the the relationship between Jesper and Klaus, and I don't know if this is a detriment or not. I think it's a good thing. Is this not Christmas Emperor's New Groove? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. 
I will tell you this. It's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> Before I figured out it was J.K. Simmons, because I hadn't looked up the cast, there was a little bit of John Goodman that I was getting, like John Goodman vibes. And I don't know why that immediately made me think, you know, oh, this is kind of like, uh, this, I forget the character's name in uh, Pacha in Emperor's New Groove. And I was yep. like, I, he's giving me Pacha vibes, but I didn't really think of the story. And now that you say that out loud, <laughs> yes, it's Christmas Emperor's New Groove, essentially, that that you are correct, sir. Which I think is a good thing. You know, I um, uh, Jesper, like we said in the beginning, he's just a total turd in the beginning of the movie and seeing his, uh, you know, him evolve into this just lovable character and not only friend, but also husband and father and all that kind of stuff. It is a um, it's a real treat. Like I said, I already used that word before, but it is just really, really a really, really fun ride. It's very emotional. I certainly got very emotional at certain points. It was a um, a beautifully told story. And certainly, I think it definitely deserves all the recognition that it got. Honestly, Eric, I would say this is better than Toy Story 4. Are you there? I mean, we enjoyed the hell out of Toy Story 4. But in terms of uh, animation storytelling and characters, this is a better movie than Toy Story 4. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely watch this again before I would watch Toy Story 4. I feel like in the moment we enjoyed Toy Story 4, but just like, I don't watch three or four or two for that matter. The one I'll watch is the mm -hmm. original. Uh, if I yeah. ever put on a toy story film, I've never had a desire, uh, you know, to do that, but quick caveat, just so you're aware, uh, <laughs> we figured out emperor's new groove, but Christmas is definitely going to be under the tagline for this episode. So <laughs> there you go. Perfect. And look at that. It worked itself out. Natural, natural. <laughs> really happy that worked out, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think about the sequel toy story films a lot. Uh, and I know people love them. Uh, it, I just I don't know. I've never had an itch to go back and watch them. So this one I am going to probably put on the next holiday season. Uh, this is going to probably be in rotation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely goes into the rotation. Yeah, it embodies, like we said, everything. I think when it comes to Christmas without being cookie cutter, right? Like we know that the overall theme of Christmas is to be there for one another and do things for other people and love one another and that movie does this and it tells that story but it's very very unique and it's very different and it's also not a story that's like forced down our throat we know eventually that jesper and klaus and alva are going to have this falling out we know that is going to happen but and again eric we're speaking freely about the movie the smile i had on my face even though i knew it was coming where jesper is not on the boat and margu is there waiting for him i was cheesing so hard because it's just such it feels it's a really really feel good movie it is and i was worried there early on about how unlikable jesper is like he really from the get-go you're like wow he's basically a drug dealer trying to <laughs> that was hilarious i loved yeah i mean it was funny <laughs> listen i'm not gonna lie but then like like even from the beginning when he he like tells that kid like you have to pay me a penny for this picture that you dropped out your window <laughs> that's mail <laughs> was it yeah wasn't a great way to start uh, as far as liking the character, but they definitely won me over. Again, the movie has a lot of heart. It's beautiful to look at. I mean, we really, th those are the things that that summarizes what really I think we're trying to say is, is all of those things combined are, are not to, you know, not expected uh, when you go into a movie like this, but with the reputation it has, I, I kind of had those high expectations and they were met 
that's not always easy to do, Phil. So I'm, I'm really excited we saw this. And again, to the point we made earlier, I'm excited it got chosen on the poll, uh, which you guys should be making sure you stick to the end to find out our social media if you're not already following us. So you can tell us what to watch next, because so far, this is uh, this is definitely giving me hope on what's to come. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a little worried there about the series. I will say one thing. I wish I would have the opportunity to see this on a big screen. I would love to see it in a theater with the you know really big speakers and all. And, and you know, I would really, really love that experience. I do want to talk to you about the ending here because I did have you watch a, a video on YouTube with an alternate ending. And I want to see if maybe you have a preference over either one. So again, if you don't want the ending of Klaus spoiled for you, maybe you want to step away, go watch the movie and then come back and we'll talk and uh, you guys can hear what we have to say about it. Uh, the original ending, Eric, I think is great. I love the idea of Jesper every once every year being excited to see his friend come down the chimney. Absolutely love it. When Klaus is called to, you know, wherever, wherever his wife is with the wind and the chimes. I texted my sister. I was like, I'm sobbing right now. It's so, so beautiful. But I will say, and, and there is some director commentary in that alternate ending that I sent to you. I also really like the alternate ending of the letter being sent to Jesper. Um, but it is, I think, leaves it a little bit too much of a confusing ending in terms of like is klaus alive is like like the director said is jesper and alva are they dead <laughs> like what is going on here i think the ending we got was fantastic but i do like elements of the alternate ending what did you think i think there were elements i, th I think even the directors admitted like th there was too many confusion points and and it was nice to see that behind the scenes they said it of like you guys get to see the finished product but like there's so much left on the cutting room floor that like hurts to leave there and it is a, a, a difficult process you know we criticize we you know critique movies all the time but i could not imagine having a vision and having to leave any of that on the cutting room floor how many director's cuts and snyder cuts and things have we talked about uh, this was cut that was cut mummy reference i don't know where that came from <laughs> why i don't know what that was <laughs> i don't know what that was uh but again i just think that uh, for a director to have to make such a hard decision, you know, it, it, it's tough and it's it paid off. It worked. But what about if they chose one of those other endings? What about if audiences were confused? Would that have ruined the experience? You know, for that reason alone, I like the ending that we did get. Yeah, I like the idea of, again, a uh, being visited by an old friend once a year and the idea that he is continuing this work as Santa Claus and yeah, just a really, really special story. I do want to go over a couple more tidbits about the film and then also talk about the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score for this. As you can imagine, it is very, very high. According to director Sergio Pavlos, uh, Jason Schwartzman ad-libbed most of his lines and he says that he reckons only about 40% of the dialogue in the final film is actually scripted when it comes to Jesper's lines, which I think is really, really funny. If you know anything about Jason Schwartzman, he was really, really big into, uh, and still continues to be really big into improv, uh, which isn't surprising when it comes down to Parks and Recreation. I do have a really cool fact about the the girl who voiced Margu, Eric, is uh, Nada Margreth Laba, God, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, who voiced the Sami girl. Margu did not speak any English. Sergio Pablos traveled all the way to Norway, where she lives, and did her whole recording session through translation and mimicry. So again, I mean, this whole this whole process of this film took nearly 10 years. It was in development for about 10 years. 
So uh, it is um, an- another testament to how much work went into this movie. And as we lead into and transition into the Rotten Tomato score, Netflix reported that the film was viewed by nearly 30 million people within the first month of it releasing on its platform. So just a massive success. You don't get nominated for an Oscar on accident, at least for the most part, I would assume. Uh, the, the Rotten Tomato score, 95% certified fresh on uh, the Rotten Tomato meter and a 96% audience score. So there you have it. Not only did we love it, but most of the people that watched this film as well. And uh, again, not surprising at all. And like I said, if I had to go back and, you know, and, and stand on a hill and, and root for a movie to win Best Picture in the Academy Awards, that certainly would be this one over the eventual winner, Toy Story 4. But yeah, Eric, an overwhelmingly successful film. And like you said, Netflix does some really special things every once in a while. And I think they uh, certainly knocked it out of the park with this one. And yeah, I uh, in terms of the question, I guess we'll answer this. Does it crack your top three? I don't know, um, man, because it's... What would I take out is, is my question because I don't know what movie I would remove. I guess if I had to do it, it'd probably be Jingle All The Way, which I still absolutely <laughs> no, love. I don't think but so. But this is... But this is an excellent film, and like you said, it's going into the rotation now. But yeah, what what do you think about all that? And like I said, it just uh, a testament to what Netflix is able to do when they uh, when they when they nail it. Yeah, top three is uh, tough, but top ten, I don't think that would be out of yeah. the arguments. And I and I think you know when it comes to Christmas movies too, it's an unfair expectation to lay at that movie's feet because. Christmas movies have that allure of rewatches, right? Like having it on, putting it on, sitting by the fireplace and just enjoying the Christmas spirit and and everything that's around you, the decorations, all of that, right? So I feel like that's part of it. Ask me in a year, who knows? You know, ask me in 5 years, who knows? But right now, I definitely think uh definitely top 10 somewhere if I was to make a list. I really really enjoyed it. It's going to be in the rotation for sure. But uh, again, it, I don't think it was anything that fantastic that it's like, oh, this is the best Christmas movie I've ever seen right off the bat. Will it grow on me? I hope so, because I enjoyed it this first go round. Did you watch it with your son and wife or just by yourself? Just by myself, because they had actually seen it. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so I did not have to wait uh, until you know dinner time right before we recorded. I watched it throughout the day today uh, in a very very, very fun work day myself. So it was a nice break of pace for me to be able to watch it and enjoy, you know, especially on my lunch break to watch most of it. Uh, it, it really lifted my spirits. So again, for that reason alone, made it special just on a one-time view. And I think it's going to grow on me long-term, but we'll see. Yeah, I certainly agree. Well, folks, I think that is a good place to wrap it up for the December edition of late to the party and uh, it's nice to have um a win here eric we had a couple months in a row where it got a little uh rough for us but here we are with uh, klaus and we are absolutely recommending it because it was um man just a fantastic film but uh, guys if you enjoyed that episode make sure to check out the rest of our content which can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast if you find yourself listening on apple Podcasts or spotify Please do us a huge favor. Leave us a Christmas gift, which is a five-star review. It is one of the best ways you can support the show. Make sure to check out the show notes for the YouTube link for all of our live streams. And you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Wait For A Podcast and on Twitter at Wait For A Pod. And you know what? We made that all easy for you. 
in the show notes. You can just click our link tree, find everything right there. So Eric, with that being said, I think we are good to go as we are getting closer and closer to the end of the year. It's it's a uh, boy. It's been a ride, but it is um, we have so much awesome content planned for the rest of the month. Yeah. And I mean, just take your pick. You guys can go back to the start of the month where we obviously are doing our normal recommendations. So why you should watch My Hero Academia, Phil reviewed Glass Onion. We just this past Monday again talked about our best and worst Christmas movies. If you like this episode, I really think you're going to enjoy that. But looking forward, we have a lot of great episodes here, like the game room where it happens, making a return with a special guest. We also have the end of year awards that is coming up at the end of the month that I cannot wait to put together and see where we land. With all that being said, we have a lot of stuff planned. And keep in mind, guys, because of the holiday, we are going to be off on December 26th. Other than that, my name is Mr. Eric Almighty. That is my co-host, Phil the Filipino. And please don't forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. And all you have to do is wait for it. So, I heard you're looking for a go-to source for entertainment. Wait for it? Gaming? Wait for it? Anime? Plus Ultra! Mr. Eric Almighty and Phil the Filipino? Yeah, they've got you covered. And all you gotta do is... Wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast.